and welcome to episode 38 of Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, a First Geek 411 podcast series. I'm Carrie, and Deanna's editing my notes like a nosy Nelly, so I'm calling her out. I was trying to help. <laughs> Before the podcast started, I was finishing off my notes, and I scroll up, and she had changed the intro for me. I was like, hmm. <laughs> nosy, nosy. I caught her, like, little, I caught her changing it. It was funny. Aww. Anyway, <clears throat> how's everybody doing today? Good. Very good. Yeah. Good. All right, all right. It's the middle <laughs> it's the middle of the week for us, so we're all just kind of like hold it on. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, before we get this show on the road, let me remind you of our social media on Facebook. We are Faith Trust in Pixie Dust Podcast. Uh we have an email at firstgeek411 at gmail.com, but we really never check that. So you're better off checking our Twitter at FTPD <laughs> underscore podcast. I mean, we have somebody else wrong. checking it, but we don't personally like check it that much. Uh, yeah. Our personal Twitters are for me. You can find me at at sparkle underscore fists. For my sister, Corey, you'll find her at at spilled X water. And for Deanna, you'll find her at at Deanna 790. Check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And also you can find us on our website, www.1geek411.com. Yes. A little summary of what we're going to be doing today. We're going to talk about our feature film, The Nutcracker in the Four Realms. We are going to talk about a few announcements, nothing much. It's kind of like the calm before the storm a little bit this week. Um, and then we may have some Disney trivia, depending upon whether or not Corey and Deanna have taken this quiz. I didn't ask them. Whoops. <laughs> oh, we were supposed to take a quiz? No, 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 no. I, if you have taken it, we're not going to do that. We'll do something different. If you haven't, oh. we'll do this quiz. Is it the Mandela effect Yeah, one? did you take it? Yeah. Dang it. I don't think I've taken this one, but... But Corey, I did well. yeah, me too. Um, my our dad sent us a quiz about the Mandela effect with Disney, and Corey and I both did really well, which I think proves that the Mandela effect. Once and for all, guys, here on this small podcast, we have proven the Mandela effect is not real, <laughs> <laughs> or it affects everyone else, just not oh. us. <laughs> so who knows? But we will figure that out. I should have asked you that we were figuring all the computer stuff out. Anyway, <clears throat> we're going to ignore that for the moment, and we're going to talk about <laughs> the Nutcracker of the Four Realms. Let me begin with our trivia and summary. Okay. <clears throat> so, the Nutcracker of the Four Realms came out last year. It is about a young girl named Clara who needs to find a magical one-of-a-kind key to unlock a box that contains a priceless gift left to her by her recently deceased mother. Her family, including her brother, her sister, and her father, go to a Christmas Eve ball hosted by the children's godfather and skilled engineer Drosselmeyer. At this ball, Clara argues with her father and runs off, finding a golden thread that leads her in a Narnia-esque way to another land where she finds the key to the box her mother left to her, but it is taken by a mouse. While Clara pursues the mouse, she meets a soldier named Philip and the regents who preside over the three realms of the land. They tell Clara that they are at war with the Land of Amusements, which they refer to as the Fourth Realm, led by the evil Mother Ginger. One of the regents, the Sugar Plum Fairy, explains that Clara's mother, Marie, created this world as a young girl, and that she animated everyone with a machine that can turn toys into real people. Sugar Plum says this machine can be used to defend the Three Realms against Mother Ginger, the regent of the Fourth Realm. 
but it needs a key matching the one for Clara's box. Clara and Philip must now enter a fourth realm, or the fourth realm, to retrieve the key and restore harmony to the unstable land. Nice. Yes. <clears throat> that was a very non-spoilery, honestly, uh, yeah. introduction, but we're going to get real spoilery when we talk about it, just letting y'all know. But before we yeah. do that, here is some trivia. At, there is a, uh, at the beginning, there's a ballet where they are explaining um, how Marie founded the world and all of this. And it's uh, telling the story of the four realms and the conductor for the ballet mounts the podium and conducts an orchestra appearing in silhouette. This is a tribute to the Disney classic Fantasia, which included a segment based on the Nutcracker Suite. I recognized yes, it, it, despite that I, despite not liking Fantasia all that much. I was like, oh, hey, this is like Fantasia. Yeah, it's the part with the fairies and the goldfish and the little dancing mushrooms. Well, I meant, I meant the part where the conductor gets up. That part, too. Yeah. That happens several times, yes. Yeah. Yes. But, of course, you would remember the exact instance of what was happening <laughs> during the Nutcracker Suite in that movie. Anyway, Marie was the name of the heroine E.T.A. Hoffman's original Nutcracker tale. She was renamed Clara, an Alexander Dumas adaption on which the ballet was based. This movie's heroine is Clara, the daughter of Marie, in honor of the progression of that story. I didn't know there were two versions. I think I've done my research on this in the past because I was trying to figure out where the Nutcracker story came from uh, because Mm -hmm. the ballet is Russian. Yeah, it's Tchaikovsky, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, but I think the E.T.A. Hoffman version is German, but Alexander Dumas' version would clearly be French. And so it's a like whole, like, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Drosselmeyer, very yeah. German. Yeah. Mm. Fritz. and Yes, yes. Uh. Uh, the Nutcracker's name in this movie is Hoffman, which comes from the author of the original story. Um, it, it really threw me off, though, that his name was Philip Hoffman. They did that because Philip Seymour Hoffman had just died. Oh, they did okay. that on purpose. Oh, I didn't oh, know that. All right, because yeah. I was like, is this a Philip Seymour Hoffman joke or something? Or is this it a was a tribute. Oh, that's, I suppose that's nice of them. It's better than a joke. <laughs> I mean, yes. he, it had to have been that he died right during the, right before filming or while they were writing mm. the script. Because he had died right. several years ago. And that movie yeah. came out last year. Well, I mean, like when they were naming the character, uh, okay, he had okay. like just died. Okay. Well, that's nice of them, mm. I suppose. This is the third collaboration between Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden since Pride and Prejudice. <sighs> Everybody that remembers that Kira Knightley and Matthew McFadden were Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice in 2005. And then they were both in Anna Karenina in 2012, which I have not Ugh. seen. It's uh, good. It was so funny is I went, oh, hey, it's Mr. Darcy. And I ha- did not make the connection in my brain while watching the movie that they played a great on-screen couple together in a previous movie. For some reason, I like I understood who they both were and I know who they are, but I didn't go, oh, look, they're in a movie together. I didn't do that yeah, for some reason. Kira looks very weird in this. It almost doesn't feel like it's her. And also, he's he's he looks different as well. He's playing a fatherly sort of role, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this They one, also this- don't interact. So. No, they don't interact. I, if they had interacted, I would have gotten there, I think. Yeah. Because iconic, right? That oh, Pride yeah. Prejudice 2005 is, is awesome. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, but if they interacted, that would have been a much weirder movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh, <clears throat> this one got me. There was a cameo for a man named Jake Wa- Jack Whitehall um, as a Harlequin Palace guard. He's one of the ones who's questioning Clara as she's coming in asking about all the cheese. And this <laughs> is special to me because Whitehall is a comedian and has a history of publicly stating his love for Disney and he wishes to be cast in any role for their films that basically they're willing to give him. And he Aww. does this amazing segment in one of his shows on The Lion King. Aww. That Deanna, I believe you showed me or I showed you that it's Shakespeare with fur. That- <laughs> what? Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I remember that now. You showed Where me that. He gets that was a mad long that time somebody ago. says that it's his favorite movie, and someone's like, it's a kid's film. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he goes on this whole rant, and I quote it often when people try to tell me The Lion King isn't good or that animation is for it, kids. Do. It's I really will. funny. It's really funny. So I will. I love it. And I, show I think it. you showed me that right after you guys had seen Lion King live. Yes. Like the musical. I also played the Broadway show, uh, mm-hmm. soundtrack for you. Yes. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I've also probably shown this to Corey as well. Um, but yeah, I, I had to I had to share that because that amused me. Um, and my last one is the score of the film follows the ballet's story, hinting what is about to happen throughout the whole movie. For example, uh, when Clara crosses the threshold, we're getting spoilery here, into Mother Ginger's fair while leading the group of soldiers, the true villain of the film is foreshadowed as the music in the background is a fragment of Tchaikovsky's Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairy from Nutcracker Suite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I recognize a lot of the music throughout this film, so they did a really good job with that. Uh, and also towards the end of the movie, Clara's father recognized the song from the the egg box, which turned out to be like a music box, and says it's the it's the song that he first danced with Marie to. It's the song from um, Pas de Deux, uh, hmm. which is played in the ballet when the Nutcracker is dancing with Clara for the first time. Hmm. Yeah, so. Sweet. Yes. All right. Ahem. I I did have a thing I wanted to say about this film before I allowed you two to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but basically, uh, the the reception of it was talking about how it was soulless and unnecessary. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is, uh, this, this movie is, is pointless. It's terrible. I'm so sorry, Disney, but this movie is yeah. not good. What did you I, do? I want to step in and yeah, say in, there were in. things that I really liked about this movie, mostly visual effects. Mm, yeah. Costumes. Yeah. 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 Uh, costumes were great. And I I actually think the casting choices were really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not the performer's fault. No, it's not. The screenplay. Yeah. Screenplay was real bad. And don't I rant about that enough. <laughs> it's almost like we've said this many times. Yeah. <laughs> Screenwriting is important. But, or but script writing. It's a, the script is important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But as Corey was saying, it's not the actor's fault because Kira Knightley was rocking that part as best she could. You know? She mm-hmm. was good in the movie, doing her best. It was poorly written. Yeah. So and she couldn't save just, it entirely. I didn't think anyone did a bad job of acting. It's just the movie wasn't good. And I don't want to give to I don't want to put any super harsh criticism criticism on the actress playing Clara because it, it, it she could be a good actress. The mm-hmm. part is just dull. 
wasn't a good yeah. breakout film. Dull as dishwater. Because they but, were they were trying to do some interesting stuff with her, but it just came off. It, I think maybe the, it, the 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 dialogue was so bleh that it came off just bad. Yeah, and she didn't she didn't bring any particular nuance to the role. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did enjoy Philip's character. Yeah, he was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I mean, there were good things, and it just makes me really frustrated because they had good performers. Mm-hmm. They had beautiful effects. They obviously had a good budget. Mm-hmm. They had a good, you know, release time. They had good marketing. Mm-hmm. And it still isn't good. Yeah. It, the foundation of a film is its script. Because this is basically the same kind of stuff that I said about A Wrinkle in Time. They had good casting choices. They had a lot of great stuff going for it. But the script is bad. And if you invest in bad scripts, you're not going to get good movies. It's, it's, it's almost like people actually value good storytelling <gasps> in their films. <gasps> yeah. There's, there's like, good and, spectacle yeah. and visuals, like you said. But yeah, like Deanna said, people value good vis- script. Because that's what makes your characters interesting. Not what they're wearing or where they are or anything. It's like you have to figure out how to make them compelling by mm-hmm. like living in their shoes and being like connected to them kind of it's yeah i didn't get i had no connection to anyone in this movie i was just like i don't feel bad for anyone what's going on like it's it's not making me feel anything the and it, the yeah. closest like i could see so much they were doing like feeling bad like you want to feel bad for the father because he's lost the love of his life and all this and you want to feel bad for the kids because they've lost their mother and they have this as like a subplot that the the, the clara is just, like butting heads with her father because he expects her to kind of be strong about all of this even though he's sad and lost inside too and it comes off flat which i know matthew McFadden can be very compelling in like a sincere you know and <laughs> sincere as an actor and talking about all of this stuff bad not what not it, i blame the writing and the dialogue between the characters and the whole thing was so predictable from beginning to end mm-hmm. so predictable that i got irritated when i was right yeah <laughs> yeah the one thing i didn't see coming the, the, i didn't see the, the actual big plot twist coming until um that you know the sugar plum fairy you is didn't evil. see that coming okay, here's the thing i saw something coming but i didn't predict that she was gonna be evil i but the second she said the perfect soldiers i was like oh no See, before but before I had, they even left to go to the fourth realm, I was like, this girl evil. I No. So early on, I was like, she needs to be evil because this is grating as a character choice. Like, yes, <laughs> I thought she was, and I thought it was going to be more of a, they get some depth from, like, other things. Like, basically from this whole conflict, she discovers, like, some more depth. Hmm. Mm. So... <laughs> I um I kind of thought it was going to go that way because I knew Kira wouldn't have taken a role that was that dull. Yes. That that that's how I knew she was evil. Is because from the beginning I was like this character is so simpering and sweet and annoying. There is got to be something else. This girl better be evil cuz there's no way Kira Knightley <laughs> would do this role if she's not evil. And then I, uh... she was evil and I'm like, well it was so predictable. I'm mad that I'm 
right. I like, thought yeah. she was going to discover some depth through like the whole conflict. Mm. You had yeah. too much um, hope, I suppose. <laughs> I also this movie, like, because you said Narnia esque, and it's mm-hmm. also very Alice in Wonderland esque. Yes, it is. It's kind yes. of like the like. If you had those two movies had a baby, this is that movie. But we made the story not That's... great. Um, <laughs> but uh, like if they had shown the mother before she was gone, more yeah. like if they had shown what their life was like prior to her um, going, like because then it would be like we'd be more compelled about stuff. Or like if we had mm-hmm. seen Clara's mother in this place um like cinderella right like we needed more of a foundation as to why these things are happening because it was just like like characters are just explaining oh your mother did this it's like you know you could have shown us that (laughs) like she the character doesn't know that but the audience we would immediately feel like connected to this from the beginning instead of like oh well, it was your mother's like exposition. that means nothing to us because yeah. we this don't even movie, know who she is this movie was completely exposition until the last 30 minutes yeah yeah um but what i was saying before is when the whole plot twisty thing happened with the sugar plum fairy and her revealing that she felt like rejected mm-hmm. and was angry and doing all this out of like just anger at having been abandoned that was the closest I came to being emotionally invested in anything. Yeah. And I I made a connection there to the never-ending story, the book, not the movie. Um, because <laughs> the book is an entire, like, allegory for losing his mother and what it feels like to be abandoned and all of this and loss. And mm-hmm. I felt that there could have been some great depth there. But there, there wasn't. There just wasn't. But yeah, Kira was the most compelling in this. And then they have that beautiful moment where she talks about being abandoned. And then they have moments where she's like, no, a true queen does what's best for herself. And I'm like, Mm. that's such a bad line. (laughs) All it was was set up for, no, a queen does what's right for her people. Like, it just sets Clara up for a very cliche line. None of it good. But... I will say there's one other thing I like that I... Okay, Corey, please correct me if I'm wrong, and maybe Mandela effect is real. Um, Nutcracker. <laughs> is it sometimes the Nutcracker, the Godfather's son? I have never heard this. Ah, I thought this was a thing. Maybe maybe in Jack and the Beanstalk, the houses are made of cheese. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> okay, so I have to look this up at some point. I will. Uh, but for some reason in my memory, I have this thought of like, the Godfather had like a long lost son in the Nutcracker. He was a Nutcracker with like a curse on him, and he. I is, mean, hmm. I, I the son thing doesn't strike a chord with me, but I'll, I'll look it up. But going along this is if this is true, and I can define this, I like that the Godfather is Morgan Freeman, and the son in the in the Nutcracker is I don't know the actor's name, but they're both African American. Yeah. So the fact that they would have done that. So if they're related, it would mm-hmm. like appear as if they were related in the. Yeah. yeah. It could have been a nod to that. Now I'm going to look this up and see if I can find it. Okay. Mm. Um. Yeah. I don't know what else they could have done to like save this mo- movie other than like 
just taking the time to really set up the world. I feel like lately there's a lot of movies that people are making for the spectacle and they don't like they don't set up a good background for people who are watching it. Like we go into some movies and we're like, who are these people? Why are we concerned about these people? Like the movie should pull you through all that before stuff starts happening. Like we should learn who someone is and what their life is like before anything really starts happening. And like movies like Suicide Squad is a good example <laughs> of doing that terribly. It's like, I don't have a relationship to any of these people. Unless you're like really, really into the DC comic villains, then maybe they did. But for the general audience, like you need you need to get to know and connect with characters before you put them into a situation. Make me and care. Exactly. And it's just this movie did not a good job at all doing that. And so it's like everything else, all your other efforts fall flat if you don't have that foundation to build off of. Aha! It's just blah. Sorry, I anyway. found it. Uh, yep. Herr Drosselmeyer, is, it's his nephew. And they resemble the Nutcracker Prince and sometimes it's played by the same dance. And it's played by the same dancer. Oh, so the Nutcracker is supposed go. to be the representation of like his nephew. I've oh. never heard that, but you know. I will admit the Nutcracker was never like a big thing for me. Mm. So I've I, seen it. Like I think but, ballet. I remembered yeah. it because of um, the storybook from when we were kids, I think. So. Yeah. I think, and I think I went to see, like, I've seen different versions of it, like, just, like, local versions of the Nutcracker Ballet. Um, and, like, I really like the story because it's a very seasonal thing. Like, not, well, maybe not so much the story, but just the music and the ballet dancing. Because it's, like, Going to see the ballet is almost like one of those holiday tradition type mm -hmm. things. A lot of people do that as a tradition. We don't, but I have seen it during the holidays before. We've done it. And it's just seeing like like the ballet along with the like pretty music. It's kind of like that's the ultimate form <laughs> of the Nutcracker. And if they can and like if you're gonna make a good movie, you need to like it needs to be a good movie <laughs> and be able to hold it like hold its own against like such an iconic show that's in a completely different like um format but i don't know i love the nutcracker as a ballet and as like a fun holiday thing because the music is just like very wintry and holiday themed but yeah this movie though was a huge disappointment because i was like oh this might be cool nope was not i honestly consider it was beautiful. I honestly considered turning it off and not finishing it. Like <laughs> I was like, ah, I could be doing other things. I watched it on a plane, so I was trapped. <laughs> That's why I finished it the first time I watched it. I probably would have turned it off maybe at some point, but I was like, well, I got nothing else to do. None of the other movies on this thing sound good. So <laughs> I um, I didn't turn it off out of dedication and love for our listeners. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> what can we say, say except, except you're, you're welcome. welcome. Now you there don't have is. to watch this movie. Yes, please, please. I mean, unless you want to see mediocre storytelling but beautiful visuals. Just go see the ballet. Uh, and watch Fantasia, that segment in Fantasia. I love that segment. My, it's so pretty. 
Mm-hmm. Did you notice how amazing these actors' bone structure is? I mean, all of the actors <laughs> have the most amazing bone structure. Like, you know, if you could find some more interesting words to put over. This. Well, if their mo- acting career doesn't like continue, at least they have probably have modeling jobs. Right. <laughs> Two things before we finish off. I think because we got more to say. I'm pretty much done. My favorite two parts to, of I've this. Got things to say. My favorite two parts of this movie were Clara's battle outfit. <laughs> oh no, three things. Clara's battle outfit. I still maintain what I said last year that I would cosplay that outfit. Two, the mice, because adorable animals. And yeah. then three, when Kira Knightley eats her own hair. <laughs> that was hysterical. It's it's con- or she's, like, she's watching the ballet and she's like entranced, like just starts <laughs> pulling cotton candy off the back of her wig and eating it. It was so funny. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. That was good, but that was not my favorite Kira Knightley moment. Oh, my favorite oh, Kira laughing. Knightley moment was I'm the queen of the castle and oh, you're God. a dirty rascal. I did enjoy that. I <laughs> thought it could have been delivered better. Yeah, mm. I like it too. Whenever she said the "I'm the queen of the castle" part, but I didn't like the second part following yeah. up to it. But I did um, love that that it was wonderful for all of our (laughs) listeners that are not aware the musical six has a number in it where um anne of cleves Cleves says uh says i'm the queen of the castle get down you dirty rascal so (laughs) it's it's iconic as a meme on tiktok and such as well so that was fun (laughs) and my only other thing is i was so sad i i said before that the only real emotional connection i had was uh the Kira Knightley thing but that wasn't true there was an unintended emotional connection because I felt so horrible for Fritz and Louise because Morgan Freeman as Drosselmeyer tells Clara that her mother told him without any doubt or hesitation that the best thing she ever made was Clara (laughs) yeah I thought that was pretty rough (laughs) you Mm. have siblings yeah he's like he's like like, but Clara they're not here I told them the same thing five minutes ago. Yeah, that that was upsetting to me. I thought the exact same thing. Um, I was sad that the key to the whole thing was Kira Knightley's character's death. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're talking about mourning and loss and all of this stuff, really, is that the best y'all could come up with? Like, oh, she's dead! Yeah, everything is solved. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. This just—it was so—it was lazy. It was lazy, 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 lazy. Yeah. On the scriptwriter's part. Everything else was gorgeous. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't laziness. Maybe there wasn't one. They just said act. <laughs> I think they could have been better than that, though. Do, do the what nutcracker we, from memory. What are we doing today? I don't know. Make it up. <laughs> it's like drunk history, but drunk nutcracker. Oh. Where they all just get hammered and do the nutcracker. <laughs> What are we going to do for this scene? I don't know. Here's the outline. Just like, make it up. He's like, I don't know. I just saw the musical six. I'm going to do this line. <laughs> oh, goodness. All right. That wraps it up, I think, for our, our feature film this week. <laughs> yeah. All right, then. Hmm. Moving on. I uh, I don't have a lot in the Newsies banner. The live-action Little Mermaid premiered last night. Um, I did not personally watch it. I don't have TV like that. 
Um, but I have seen photos today and I, I'm going to try to find it later. Uh, Ali'i Cravalho. Is that, did I say that right? I think we've discussed this in the past. That sounded right. I love the wedding dress that she wore and I think it's better than the one in the animated film. It was beautiful. It was so (laughs) beautiful. The one in the animated film is 100% 80s. Horrible. And I, her red, the red hair didn't look bad on her and just, she looked really cute. So I liked it. I need to go watch it because I also do not have cable television. I will have to go find it. We're millennials. Yeah, we do, <laughs> we, we do streaming. Woo. Stream um, all the things. So yeah, uh, I need to check that out. And I think uh, we maybe we'll review that at some point. Um, and the other announcement is that Disney Plus launches on the 12th, which is next week. Less Yay, than a week. Tuesday. It's coming. So it's very so exciting. exciting. Very exciting. I'm going to watch The Mandalorian. Oh, also, watch all the other things. Y'all may or may not have seen on our Facebook, but it has been confirmed the witches are back for Hocus Pocus 2. It's happening. It's happening. I hope this one comes out in July. How does the witch come back from being dusted? I don't know, but they'll think of something. No. I really want it to be the kids are back, but they're adults now, and so the Sanderson sisters don't know what to do about this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea. Oh. All right. <clears throat> so. Oh, also Frozen 2 tickets are on sale. Oh, yeah. Frozen. I need to buy we some. Did, we did post that on our social media, but I've got mine for the Friday night. So, yeah, of that weekend. Out. All right. So, what I'm going to do for this is I'm going to give Deanna the Mandela Effect quiz. Um, okay, okay. And Deanna, you can just give me your answer since Cor and I have both taken it. Uh, you can you can do that. All right. Are you just gonna ask me the questions? Yeah, I'm just gonna ask okay. the questions. All okay. right. In the movie The Sword and the Stone, what was the sword stuck in? An anvil. Very good. Who's all pulling from this sword and anvil? Which is the correct line? Or you know, I'll, I'll I'll allow you to say it. What is the correct line that the evil queen says in Snow White? Mirror, mirror on the wall, or magic mirror on the wall? Magic mirror on the wall. <clears throat> I think yeah, magic. Which is the correct spelling for Cuella Deville? Oh goodness! Is it? <laughs> is the last? I don't like spelling. <laughs> is it? Well, for her last name. Okay, okay. D-E space V-I-L or D-E-V-I-L-L-E. Second one. L-L-E. Okay. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm in the hot seat on who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> I'm going to skip that one for you. There are some visual ones that I'm not going to... I'm yeah, gonna that's going to be hard, yeah. Uh, which is... The correct lyric, hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go, or hi-ho, hi-ho, it's home from work we go. Home from. Does Mickey have a tail in Steamboat Willie? I don't think he does. I'm going to say no, but he might. I don't remember, but I don't think he does. In Alice in Wonderland, the Tweedles, did they have flags or propellers on their hats? They had little flags. Okay. In Alice in Wonderland, what is a correct Cheshire Cat quote? 
most everyone is mad here, or we're all mad here. Oh, that one I'm not 100% on. I'm just going to say most everyone. All right. In Cinderella, can you see her ears? Nope. All right. So you got the Cinderella ears correct. Good job. You got the flags right, the Cheshire Cat right. Uh, Steamboat Willie, Mickey has a tail. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't super sure on that one. You got the, the lyric for for uh, Snow White correct. It's home from yeah. work we go. Okay. Um, You got the spelling of Cruella de Vil wrong. It is D E. Really? Yeah. It's it's yep. more it's more like devil. It's, like devil. it's very yeah. blatant. <laughs> oh. Uh, you got the quote from Snow White correct, and you got that it was an anvil. So very good. You did you did well. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There were a couple I things was like, like they're tricky because like everyone quotes everything wrong because it's like um the quote from Star Wars where it's like Luke yeah, I am your father yeah, yeah, yeah. he says no I am your father he doesn't say yeah, Luke in that right. sentence or, and everyone you know, says Luke before. Oh, here's Hello, another Clarice. one. Here's mm-hmm. another one. Uh, okay. In Jungle Book, when Baloo is wearing a disguise, is he wearing a coconut bra? Yes. That is incorrect. He is not. He's not. Mm-hmm. Why do I think that he is? Everyone Man- thinks so. Mandela. How- everybody thinks so? I've never heard of this. Anyway, but yeah. All right. So. Or maybe he's pictured that way in some things, but in the actual movie, he's not. I don't know. Interesting. You got a couple right that I got wrong, and then you got a couple wrong that I got right. So. So. Everyone's brain remembers different things. (laughs) Cool. That was fun. All right. Yes, that quiz was provided by my father. Thank you, Dad. Um, (laughs) he, He shamed me for not having a perfect score, but... (laughs) <laughs> hey some of them are really difficult especially if you're not like L- looking watching at that movie every yeah. week you know yeah. yeah he um he also shamed me for not having a perfect score but <laughs> i told him it doesn't matter because i am the undefeated trivia champ of <laughs> faith trust and pixie dust <laughs> i don't uh, appreciate this it's true though <laughs> it was really it was really close last time oh <laughs> was this horseshoes or hand grenades <laughs> I'm the host this week, Corey. Let's do a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do it all about Peter Pan. Yay! Yay! What year did Peter Pan come out? 1953. <laughs> oh no, I'm in the live action one. <laughs> the Universal Studios version? Yeah, the one that's not Disney. 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> I meant the other one that came out that was called Pan. Oh, you're so oh, close. I, I met Hook. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. It was weird. <laughs> I meant the miniseries that sci-fi did. <laughs> like, oh, did I watch that one? I did. No. Kira Knightley was Tinkerbell. Speaking of Kira Knightley. Yeah, I watched the sci-fi Alice. That yes, was fun. which I own because I love it. It's so good. so good. It's one like no, like rarely anyone. <gasps> we watched that together for the first time. We Remember did. We were watching clips of it at uh, a friend's dorm, and then I went back and watched it twice in one day. It's so good. Mind you, this is like a five-hour miniseries that I watched twice in one it's a day. Commitment. <laughs> I watched it, finished it. My roommate came home and said, "Hey, let's watch this," and she was like, "All right." <laughs> so we watched it again. People should cosplay that. Be super obscure. I would love to cosplay Hatter from that. 
ideas ideas <gasps> okay continuing all right uh, <laughs> it's time to get down to business Woo. let's Yay. get down to business and rank <laughs> some live action <laughs> disney <laughs> female leads okay sure all right host goes first i forgot to rank until <laughs> on my way home from work today <laughs> so i did not i mean i think that my ranking is pretty solid but it's not going to be as thought through as some of my previous ones where i agonized for a long time okay all right so my number four is elizabeth swan from pirates mm. of the caribbean and she is the one last week deanna that i thought that you would have done immediately when i was talking about the iconic music and stuff oh, like that and you're just that iconic music over i was head. thinking a completely different person for the same reason <laughs> i love elizabeth in the first movie and i love elizabeth a lot in the second movie the third movie is where i start to lose it a little bit for her in in the in parts mm. of the second movie um i think they were trying too hard for some of her stuff but i really liked her in the first movie because she shows a lot of initiative and she is clever and she is determined and she is she just she she like the part whatever that she has the necklace and they're threatening her and she holds it over and she's like fine i'll drop it and she like lowers it down the chain she goes oh when they all freak out like i love that part and i love the part where she starts the fire beacon and jack is mad and all of that with because she used the rum to light it up and <laughs> it shows that she is willing she's not just this prim you know pampered rich girl mm -hmm. she had to drag all that stuff together and make this she's resourceful and i loved all of that and i loved that she was had this determination all of everything and i just the following movies i didn't think did her as much justice i think she kind of became a cliche in those yeah it was more about like their star jack sparrow with the other ones yeah but i really enjoyed her in the first movie a lot i i thought she was great and uh yeah mm -hmm. so was this one more kira knightley i just she's she's good she's a theme right now she's a she's, <laughs> she's a good one uh my number three sorry is, about the nutcracker <laughs> sorry yeah my number three is eglantine price Oh, Eglantine, Eglantine. Now, I gave Eglantine some crap um, because of her witchcraft not being as strong as some others. However, that doesn't mean that she's not a good hero. She is, you know, smart and she is, again, determined. And she has taken it upon herself to learn witchcraft to fight the Nazis. And that amuses <laughs> me to no end. Um, and just, she's very different because she's not like, whatever, Mary Poppins and all of this, and you expect this is like the sort of warmth or whatever with the children. She's just kind of this, you know, very intelligent, not super cuddly, warm, motherly type person. She's, she's not quite there yet. That doesn't mean that she's not nice or kind or anything like that, but she's just, she's different. Mm -hmm. She's, she's very Ravenclaw, I think, actually. Um. That makes if sense. If we're going to go with Harry Potter stuff in the Disney podcast. Witches! Um, woo! Uh, but yeah, and I really I really like just her no-nonsense attitude, and she's just, she's great. She's mm -hmm. wonderful. Um, and she is a hero. She does save them from this invasion, so it's, she counts as a hero. So by your logic, is Eglantine a Hufflepuff? No, I said she was a Ravenclaw. Oh, okay. I thought you said, like, Mary was a raven. No, 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 no. 
Mary, I think, is... I have no idea. She's she's not a Ravenclaw. Um, she's something else. Um, <laughs> but what I meant was, like, Mary had this sort of motherly charm to her that Eglantine didn't have, and I said that, that made her different from Mary, mm. is what I was trying to say. Um, mm. Eglantine seems like a, a librarian who's mildly irritated at you uh, most of the movie, you know? <laughs> like, I get that from her, and I, but I still, like, I still love it, and it shows that there's growth there as she makes room for other people in her life. And I love that. Um, my number two is not really a shock because I love this movie and this quote and the script and the acting. And my number two is the live action Cinderella. <laughs> Yay! Live action Cinderella is amazing. I love what they did. Speaking of, of better script writing, <laughs> I love what they did with their Cinderella remake. Now it'll never beat Ever After, but it's a close second. It's yeah. it's really good. I love the idea about kindness and forgiveness and how just because she's sweet that doesn't mean she's weak. And I yes. think that that is such a great character. And it wasn't it just it it showed a different thing where she was happy to help, but she also had like I don't know, it just she she bore up under all of her stuff really well that she dealt with. And she, I think, was a good role model. And I think that every, like, just, I love her. I love her so mm. much. She's so yes. good. Um, I love Lily James. Oh, Lily James. Yes, that was another one we discussed last week. But Yeah. <laughs> and my last one, my number one is Lucy Pevensey from The Lion, the Witch, and oh. the Wardrobe. Yes! <laughs> Yes, oh. I had to because not only is she great and perfect in the film, she's great and perfect all the time. I love Lucy. I'm going to change my <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, Lucy Pevensey is honestly one of the greatest heroines in literature, in my opinion. Uh, for similar reasons, she's brave and she's kind and she's she's creative and... Just all of these wonderful things that have put these women on the list so far. Um, she has it all. She's not a warrior at the beginning like uh, her siblings get to be. But that doesn't mean that she's any less than them. Um, in fact, she's often considered more important than them. And given this role and that fact that she's open and kind and all of this stuff. Mm. And Lucy, she believes... And she stays true to her belief and she doesn't back down. And she stands up to her brother, which is brave. And I just, I love Lucy Pevensey and her growth is so great. And I wish we could have seen more uh, in the movies, um, but they stopped with Dawn Treader. Isn't there a rumor about a Netflix series? Yeah, I, somebody. I would love that. If it's good, I want that. Yes. <laughs> But Lucy. Don't mess up C.S. Lewis. You just don't do that. Anyway. Yeah, you gotta so, yeah. qualify that, though. That's, <laughs> that's my list. Cool. So, uh... Corey is up next. Yeah, yep. previous next. goes last. So... My... Number four... Is... Uh, Lily James's Cinderella. Yeah! <laughs> Um, you know, she is everything you just said. She's, you know, kind and smart, but 
in this version, it felt like it brought some some more intention to her circumstances. It's not like, oh, well, she just tolerates what was thrown her way because she has no choice. Mm-hmm. It felt more like she's choosing this set of circumstances and kind of choosing how she lives in it based on her values. Yes. yes. So, I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. In, uh, bouncing off of that, in Ever After, you see that she's choosing these circumstances she's in, but she has like a sort of righteous anger and determination to keep her legacy and what her father left behind alive. And this, it's it's not the same. It's, it's quieter. It's more mm-hmm. subtle. Uh, not that mm-hmm. either one is bad. They're both good. I just, I like seeing the two nuances of this this anger, determination, and then this quiet patience is, mm-hmm. like, they're both really good. Yeah. And both effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's my, uh, my number four. Okie dokie. My number three is Rey from Star Wars. I did not include any of the offshoots. Well, you didn't say not to. That's true. I did. So, Rey from Star Wars. She just, you know, has... She shows a lot of growth over the movies. She shows... Bravery, but still just that kind of... She's brave and she's smart, but she also has kind of a an innocent quality as far as she has this sweet happy child yeah. like whenever she's like I've never seen so much green in all my life like mm-hmm. it's so cute yeah and I'm she not trying to innocence. like yeah I'm not trying to like use it as a negative by any means it's it's, it's nothing endearing. against her I love it it's endearing yes, it's very endearing because she still manages to be capable and everything but it's not just all business all the time or yeah so I like her a lot yeah, I do too. Very relatable. And she right. just, when she believes something, she believes it so strongly. And her scrunchy mm-hmm. up face when she shoots. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. So, Aww. I like Ray a lot. Yeah. My number two is Mary Poppins. <laughs> because Mary Poppins! I don't know, I just love the idea that she devotes her whole self to making people's lives better. And she does it in such style. It's true. She, uh, Practically perfect. In every way. <laughs> see, she, Ma- uh, Mary was on my list if I traded her with Eglantine. See, Eglantine <laughs> got knocked off by Mary in mine. Because <laughs> oh. while I think Eglantine could win in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I think Mary could beat her in a fight. We've seen nothing <laughs> to make me think put this, though. this in the test. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, yeah, I just hadn't seen the type of uh, battle magic one would need to win in a sorcerer's. She just needs to pull a sword out of her, um, like, out of her she, We don't know that she can. Oh, Corey, she can. <laughs> She's practically perfect in every way. <laughs> so anyway, I just love Mary Poppins. And um, the sequel recently did not diminish this at all. No, mm. the sequel's pretty cute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed that. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. She's a there were some character. parts that were kind of eh, but the Mary stuff was all great. Yeah. yeah. So, I love Mary Poppins. 
And my <laughs> number one is Elizabeth Swan from Pirates of the Caribbean. What? Yeah. Um, when Carrie announced this category, she was the first person that came to mind. First person that came to my mind, too. Oh. And I thought, you know, there was something to that. She was such a good character. She was loyal and determined and quick-witted. And just everything she did, through, especially, like you said, throughout the first movie, amazing character. And while she wasn't quite as um, enjoyable in the latter two movies... I still loved her. Yeah. The only, I, only thing I wish they hadn't done is taught her to sword fight. Mm. And made her the pirate king. You know what? I don't mind it that much. We've discussed this at length, though, at what I would have done instead. I know. <laughs> but I don't mind that that much if they just managed to do what they did in the first movie and make her succeed doing what she does best thinking her way through things and not putting a sword in her hand. Mm. Mm. I would love for her to succeed through, you know, continuing to manipulate people's weaknesses and, you know, what they want to try and um, change the outcome to what she wants. And, you know, the same kind of people. Exactly. The same kind of stuff she was doing in the first movie. You see, that's such a great idea because her boyfriend, I'm sorry, Will Turner, you kind of, you kind of dumb. He's see. He's just she's the brain. Face. He's pretty, but and can use a sword very well, and so they would have complimented each other very well because she has her wits. And poor guy was raised by a blacksmith that I, obviously wasn't not, intelligent. It, it's but. nothing on him, you know. I'm just saying, like they would have complimented each other very well because she has the brains and he has the broad, and they both have the looks and can right. go make lots of money. Um, yes, I was thinking it. <laughs> So it would have been nice to show that they complimented each other that way instead of making them both these, ah, these adventuring pirates together, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. My turn. Yes. It's your turn. <laughs> okay. Um, well, it's hard to rank these lovely ladies because <laughs> I love them all so much. Um, but... My number four is going to be Eglantine. Eglantine. <laughs> um, played by the gem that is Angela Lansbury. Ah, yes, the late Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she is not. Don't you dare! No! She's just late for dinner, guys. <laughs> what if she died tonight before this episode came out? You would. That would I was be on a heart you. attack. I was like, <laughs> not beyond me. I love her. Oh my her. gosh. No, I love Angel Lansbury. But anyway, um, yeah, Eglantine was a very unique and fun character um, that, you know, like, sometimes us girls don't get get that kind of, like, fun leading role. So that's different, not stereotypical. So I was really, um, I really liked uh, Eglantine's character. Um, my top three are just kind of, I just love them. I don't know how to, I their ranking means nothing to me. <laughs> They're all number one. <laughs> but um, for ranking's sake, my number three is Cinderella, played by Lily James, because I love her. Um, Lily James is also amazing in um, uh, Baby Driver. Down Abbey. Oh. I was like, yeah, <laughs> words. Um, yes. 
But yeah, I really loved Cinderella, which is interesting because half the time when I talk to people, they don't appreciate the live action Cinderella as much as like the three of us do. And I'm just like, I don't get it because it's a really good version. Like it's, I I love the whole thing. Like she's choosing to be kind um, regardless of her situation. And it's not that she, like she would probably really like to be mean and like talk back to people who've been mean to her but she chooses to not do that and i think that's one of the strongest things in a person is if you can like have kindness before being cruel i agree and more of that in the world i love that the quote is have courage and be kind like being kind takes courage being kind is something you have to work towards it's not like oh i'm not kind it's just natural I love the idea that it's something you can achieve through effort and bravery. I'm like, "Mm, I love it. I strive. I'm so like. (laughs) Yeah. Because sometimes being kind, like, is seen as being inferior or being lesser, but that's not really the case. Yes. Um, So I really love that, too. Um, My number two is Elizabeth Swan. Um. I mean, I admired this character the second I saw the first Pirates. Like, uh, what? How? Like, that was so fun to see. Um, like this female character, um, hold her own and like work her way out of situations. Um, and she also got to go adventuring. Like, like that's so fun. Like adventuring on the high seas and, um, yeah, not just be like the damsel in distress the whole time. Like, I, I, I loved it and I love Kira Knightley. Um, and yeah, you've all, you guys have already pretty much said all the great things. Um, and so my number one, played by the legendary Julie Andrews is Mary Poppins. (laughs) (laughs) I just have so much nostalgia for Mary Poppins, like growing up watching this movie and then even as an adult loving it, because like as a kid, you really love like seeing everything from like the kids perspectives and like learning like how to make chores fun and things like that and um also that the adults are having issues as well and then as an adult it's kind of like don't get so caught up in like your life stuff like enjoy you should enjoy it and like not like let life circumstances kind of rule what's going on and how you interact with your family and things like that with George Banks. Um hmm. not George. The, who's the father? It's George. The George? Jane Jane and Michael and yeah. George Banks. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm getting words mixed. I was up. like, it's George. I was like, wait, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. And um but like Mary Poppins like singing voice and um just how she, just by um like Using simple methods, like, really changes this family's life. Um, Like, she doesn't use, like, brute force or anything, or she doesn't yell at anybody. She just simply asks them to do something, or she just puts them in situations that challenges them, and she just lets things happen. And, like, they kind, the family kind of fixes itself based on how she, like, like, she kind of puts stuff in front of them that challenges them to fix things. Um, And yeah, and I just love watching this movie all the time as a kid. And 
it's just it's just wonderful and she's classic and i think this was one of the like the last movies that like walt was involved in so it definitely has like walt's hand in that movie so it's very special um yeah, I love Mary Poppins. Me too. She's a classic lady. I think the reason why it doesn't make my list that often is because as a kid, I really didn't like it. <laughs> as an adult, I love it and I understand it. But as a kid, I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Our list is all mixed this week. Actually, it is. I mean, I think we have a pretty set list just by what we've said. Who's number mm-hmm. one? Elizabeth? Elizabeth Swan. Okay. Because okay. she was my number one, Deanna's number two, and she was on your list. Now, Deanna's number one, and my number two is Mary Poppins, so she's not on your list, so that would make her under Elizabeth Swan. Mm-hmm. Cinderella was lower, but on all two. three of our lists. She's number two. Yeah, and four it- on mine, and three on Deanna's, so that makes her number three. And Eglantine was not on my list, so she'd be number four. So, is Elizabeth Swan with one N or two? Two, two I think. I couldn't really decide. This is a Mandela. Anyway, so who's number thing. two? Uh, uh, Cinderella. No. Okay. Wait. No. Cinderella was not. number two. No, no, it's Mary Poppins. Why? Cinderella was on th- all three lists. Yeah, but Mary Poppins was one and two. But Cinderella was on all three lists. But she was a four and a three and a two. Hmm. I. Hmm. Do we want do we want to go like total score? Is that what you're saying? Is total score that's is like Gary's if saying. we add up the numbers. Well, that's how like, we've always said it one, before. Two. If they've made it on all three, then they're at the top. Well, not necessarily, but um, I'm fine with doing Cinderella as number okay. two. Well, I mean, Corey's um, not, but, so we we should discuss it. But I'll go with whatever. <laughs> um. Let's see. So three plus two, five plus four. <laughs> well, that doesn't work because the lower you are on the list, one. the higher. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So like, it's like golf. The highest number is lower. Yeah. Except then that doesn't include not being on someone's list because that would be a zero. Hmm. Flip a coin. Deanna, flip a coin. Because Deanna has no stake in it. I have Mary a. Poppins I have a, is her number one. I have a D twenty. Uh, that works. Well, evens and odds. Evens is Mary Poppins. Odds is Cinderella. Okay. It's a uh, six. Mary Poppins. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Mary Poppins is number two. Have to listen to the D twenty. I'm sorry. Wait. What was the modifier? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? The, the heroin modifier. <laughs> heroin modifier. All Fun right. fact, listeners, we all play D&D. <laughs> Surprise! Uh, all right, so that makes, I suppose, Cinderella number three. Uh-huh. Yep, and then number four would be Eglantine. Eglantine, Eglantine. Yay! All righty, then. We this is a travesty it. of enormous proportions that Lucy Pevensey is not on this list. You know what? I'm so mad I didn't remember. She- I was like... Uh, you remember earlier today when I texted y'all and said I have eight on my list and I don't want to cut anyone? Lucy was on that list. How could uh, you cut Lucy Pevensey, Corey? I had to. No, you didn't! I, I didn't. There were not that many You could have slots. put her on. Here's the thing about the Narnia movies. Like, I love the Narnia movies, but 
it was like a whole no- like a whole decade ago. Like I don't like they don't first come to my brain when I think Disney movies because I forget that they were made. You know what I did? I looked up every live action Disney movie from like the 1950s to now and just scrolled through. <laughs> I was like, okay, anybody in this one? Nope. Anybody in this one? Nope. Anybody in yeah. this one? And uh, yeah. So um, <clears throat> confession time. I do I that every week. <laughs> I pull up a list of every Disney movie made ever and I go through it. Well, I don't need it for I, every week. I do it every week. I do that for some weeks if I can't immediately name people. Because some of them are like a three-year period, Corey. <laughs> so there's no reason to look up every single Disney movie. I can scroll down. That's nonsense, Corey. That's a nonsense plan. <laughs> All right. I suppose, begrudgingly, by the rules of the D20, our list is number one, Elizabeth Swan. Number two, Mary Poppins. Number three, that was bad on purpose. Uh, number three was mm. Cinderella. Uh, and number four mm-hmm. was Eglantine. Eglantine. And Eglantine. Lucy Pevensey is going to be at the top of the list. No number given, because she's the greatest and I'm the host. She's ultimate honorable mention. Ultimate honorable mention. I'm so mad I didn't think of her. I'm sorry. But All right. Well, Well, I mean, to be fair, I did send y'all a message and I said, well, I cut it down to four, but I'm not happy about it. You cut cut the wrong one. (laughs) All right. Corey, tell us what we're watching and ranking next week. Um... Well, next week we're going to be ranking our favorite uh, Disney sequels. Mm, interesting. Yeah, any sequel. And I don't know. I like to do my movies that kind of connect with my list if I can. But mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to do one that could end up on the list. So I figured the safest bet oh, gosh. was <laughs> to pick a movie that would not end up on anyone's list. I'm scared. So we're going to watch Tarzan 2. No! <laughs> I don't want to do that. Okay, now, to be clear to everybody, Tarzan 2 is not the one with the several mini stories where her sisters or whatever show up or her friends. Tarzan 2 is like a full-on movie mm-hmm. that I didn't even know existed. It's on Netflix. Ever. How long? Oh. Um. Well, I'm not sure, but here's the thing. I was thinking about this, and I wanted to pick a bad Disney sequel, and um, Disney Plus wasn't going to be up, so I wanted something that was on Netflix. Mm, that's fair. So we have time before Disney Plus is up, because it's up next week, but I want us to have time. Yeah, that makes sense. So. I just remembered that I used to watch the Tarzan cartoon. <laughs> there was a cartoon? Yeah, yeah I, was. Ju- I forgot about it and remembered it just now. Yep. It wasn't great. I loved huh. it. You shut your mouth. It was not great. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Tarzan 2, the one that has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. My number one is going to be Shrek 2. <laughs> that would be odd. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it. At least you're not making me watch Mulan 2. What, it's Corey, true. Could you wait until after Frozen 2 came out? No. Nope. Jeez. Ugh. <laughs> rude all right wrapping this up thank you so much for joining us this week we're sorry we picked a terrible movie and we're sorry that lucy pevensey was (laughs) not not. on the list hush yeah i'm keeping up the street (laughs) (laughs) all right goodbye everybody 
Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.